Hello, uh, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us here at Sandy Woodside. We're about to get started with our LGBTQ Q&A. Uh, we were joined last week by Council Member Christopher Ward, and today we're joined by Council President Olivia Cohen. So please welcome to San Diego Side LGBTQ Q&A, Council Council President San Diego. Hi. Hi, Georgette. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. I know your time is precious and so we greatly appreciate you being able to share this time with us today. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, Fernando and everybody that is uh, working with San Diego Pride. I, I, but first, let me uh, first start by actually thanking you for holding this space and, and this dialogue for community members. I, I know that as we're uh, navigating through the code, I think uh, one of the things that is really important, especially for our community, our LGBT plus community, is it's really important that we're creating and holding space so there's an opportunity to with one another, with one another, but also more importantly to ensure that we're we're supporting one another. And I know that at times there's there, there's a sense of feeling of isolation. Uh, so I really want to the work that you all are doing to ensure that. We're, we're somewhat at least connecting, even if it's through this uh, through this way. Uh, it's a, it's a connection. So I really appreciate the work that y'all are doing for our community members and for holding the space. So thank you for that. And uh, I know that as we were uh, catching up, I also want to acknowledge that I know that we that that San Diego Pride ended up making the decision to um, to cancel Pride or postpone Pride. I don't know. Is it cancel? Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, virtual, we're going to do virtual. There, there you go. Uh, we're we're uh, transforming in, in different ways, right? But I know that it was the right decision. I know that it was a hard one, but it was the right decision for our community, making sure that uh, uh, that it's uh, that we're creating uh, we're creating those spaces, but they're being done in a safe manner. So thank you for for that leadership. And I know that it was not an easy decision, but one that was a responsible one. So. Thanks. Thanks for that. And I also being, I think this is second week. I like, I believe last week was a volunteer week, a volunteer appreciation week. So I want to give shout outs to everybody that I know that uh, Pride has uh, tons of volunteers. So thank you all for, for being there for our community and really working hard. I, it doesn't go unnoticed. So thank you for, for everything and uh, for all those amazing volunteers that are constantly stepping up and doing the work. So thank you. I really want to appreciate that. And yeah, I'm looking forward and having a conversation with the with our community members um, and uh, very much open to to any questions that are coming my way. Uh, there, this really is about making sure that we're supporting one another. And at times I too need that support. So uh, I'm here to to have a, a healthy discussion. Well, thank you, Georgette. Uh, I super appreciate all of that. And, you know, thank you to uh, to you and our city leaders, uh, so many elected officials. We're so fortunate to live in the city and county of San Diego. We're so fortunate to live in California, where our elected officials have really been wonderful leaders and listening to science and data mm -hmm. to help inform us, right? We're not epidemiologists yes. over here at San Diego Pride, but we have wonderful <laughs> leaders who are helping to guide us in making those important decisions. And um, I know that I can speak for our volunteers and saying thank you. Uh, you know, we are made by our volunteers. All of our year-round programming yeah. is made possible by those volunteers. So I know they appreciate that love and support. 
Of course. Uh, so for everyone, we've uh, taken questions from people in the community over the last mm -hmm. uh, week or so, and we've collected those questions here today. We're gonna go through some of those, and then if we have time, we'll take additional questions that are submitted throughout the um, process. So right. um, we're gonna go ahead and get started with that. Well, it's starting off fairly Sounds easy. Good. It's been um, a little over a month and a half now since Gavin Newsom uh, shelter in place orders have uh, affected all of us. And so how, how are you and your wife and, and the family doing? Yeah, so it's been interesting because uh, uh, right before we, we asked people to stay at home, my brother was going through transition himself in terms of uh, they're going through a, a process of adopting their grandchild. And uh, they needed to find a different, a different, different home. Uh, so because of the COVID, that created a little, a little bit of a hurdle for them. So they ended up moving in. So my mm -hmm. home uh, ended up growing. Uh, we have my brother, my my, my sister-in-law, and their the two kids. So now we have extra visitors. Wow. Uh, my my partner is a professor. So now they're having to reshift in how they do their teaching. So she's been holding university classes here at home. So that's been interesting as well while I do my work as well. So we've been uh, struggling with finding safe spaces to make sure that we're doing, are able to do the work, but we've been managing. Um, I'm very lucky, very privileged to, to have a safe home, uh, a home that actually has a, uh, backyard. So I've been spending quite a bit of time in my backyard and that's been very therapeutic for me. Uh, we've been doing a little bit of gardening. Uh, I have three fruit trees, two that are giving fruit right now. And I decided that we were going to prune all of them, the oranges and grapefruits. So we actually harvest a lot and we shared, shared it with some community members. We actually, someone from uh, the senior apartment of a uh, Alcohol came and picked some up. So we, we took some fruits to, to the community as well. So it's been good. It's been a little bit of, I, I don't think I've ever spent this much time at home before. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, learning how to, uh, how to appreciate my home even more nowadays. So overall, it's been good. And uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm very lucky to, to have a, a, a home to call my own. And, uh, and and it's just been um, trying to make the best out of it. Well, it sounds like you've got a, a home that's full of love. And I've seen yes. some of your posts. I follow you on mm -hmm. social media. So I've seen the generosity of um, what that food has looked like, those um, yes. fruit trees have looked like. So that's wonderful. Yes. Uh, the, so the next question is related. I, I'm all about laying out on my very tiny, tiny little patio that I have yeah. <laughs> to be outside. The, our next question was actually about self-care, which you've sort of addressed. Yes. So what sort of things are you personally doing? Sounds like for, for self-care, or you, you sound like yeah. I'm outside uh, and family. Yeah, no, thanks for that question. I think self-care is really, really important in moments like these, even more, right? Just because we can get so focused on uh, uh, diving into the problem that we're facing and it's so easy and we're getting bombarded by news constantly every mm -hmm. single day right every it, there's like uh, a, a news coverage either by the city the county or the federal government there's like a new briefing every single day so it's really important that we ground ourselves through these difficult times more than ever so I've been very intentional in making sure that I create I carve some time 
to ensure that I'm reconnecting with with myself. Uh, like I said, I've I've learned to appreciate the the you know my backyard quite a bit. So I've been spending more time there, which has has been great. And also, we super lucky. Our weather has been uh, amazing. So yeah. spending some time in the sun is is always good. And I also have a dog. We have a dog, Canela. So we've been walking her quite a bit. I think she's been more walked recently than ever in her entire life. <laughs> so I think she's getting tired of walking, actually. Uh, but um, no, we're and sometimes at times actually I I go with my partner Raquel. We do some biking, uh, so just to get out of the house and explore. I like to bike just to see how the district is doing. And uh, even last weekend, uh, I was fortunate enough to get uh, more um, facial coverings donated by Little Saigon District here. Mm. And uh, we were biking around giving out uh, masks to unshelter, our unshelter residents. So that was good, prepping of uh, new, knowing that the requirement was going to come. And I uh, just wanted to make sure that mm. we were taking care of our community members and so we did a lot of biking throughout the district looking for folks to give those those masks so you know doing two things at, a, at the same time so yeah i i think it's very true to form for you to have a uh, public service be a part of your self-care so that's yes I can't, I can't i can't i can't help it <laughs> uh, yes. also, but it's so funny your dog's name is canela Yes. Her her dog's name is Canela. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, she's very she's she's like the best. We love her so much. Yeah. I'm glad you're taking care of yourself and all of that too. That's so important for all of us to remember. Um, so the next question is, you know, obviously the, the pandemic has changed the way that all of us work. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, as a council president, as a city council member, as a representative, I'm sure that has presented unique challenges. So can you tell us some about how that's changed the way you and your team work? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, it's, I think this, this, um, this pandemic really has, uh, created even an extra spotlight on the inequalities that we have in our society. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a, as a council representative to one, a community that is underserved, uh, really we're just getting, not only are we dealing with the issues related to quality of life issues, like the sidewalks or, or a light post that is not turned on, uh, we're, we're dealing with even greater, greater problems. So just uh, want to give shout outs to my staff, my my entire team, they've been working tirelessly to ensure that we're connecting with community members. There you go, a nice picture. <laughs> uh, that we're connecting with the constituents um, constantly. They right away started uh, gathering a, a, a list of all the senior apartments that we had in the district and we reached out to, to the management companies just to make sure that they were linked to services. So that was one of the immediate things that we, our community, our community reps did. Uh, we also very much mindful constantly of uh, the fact that my district is not just a speaking, they, they don't just speak English. So the, the multi languages that we, we serve, mm -hmm. we know for a fact that one out of five community members speak a different language in the district. So we right away connected with 
other community nonprofits that were willing to volunteer their services for translation. So we were able to connect with that. So as we were creating documents, we were also making sure that they were getting translated into Spanish, Somali, Vietnamese, and as many languages that we could get support with and sending it out or sending it out through the community organizations. Um, so they've been doing an incredible job. In terms of the city as the council president, one of my biggest tasks is running the council meetings. So that was a little bit, it took us some time to figure out how we were going to move forward. There were other agencies that just decided to shut down completely, no council meetings or no public meetings. We didn't really, I didn't wanna do that because I mm -hmm. think it's really important for us as public servants to really be more present than ever and not and really show that we can continue moving forward or figure out how to move forward. It might change a little bit. So um, my team, along with the city clerk, we were trying to figure out, okay, how can we, how can we still have council meetings, right? Uh, so we managed to find a system that's not perfect because one of the challenges is uh, public participation. Uh, so we've managed to create a system that allows public participation, but it's minimal. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been trying to, we've been exploring with a lot of different forms of uh, technology. People just, you know, and because we are a public agency, security is constantly in mind, making sure that there's no breakthrough to the city cyberspace. And so it's just, uh, it's not as easy as people might think it, it, it could be. So just working through all of that, and uh, it's 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 always uh, it creates an extra layer of challenge. And uh, but we've been able to navigate through it. Now we have a consistent process. We're meeting every Tuesday, where we take uh, advantage of the city council meeting and really ensure that we we get people to participate and and start moving forward. We're not going to stop just because of this. Uh, so it was very very. I'm I'm happy that. We've been able to figure it out. Has it created a challenge? Yes, but we've managed to move forward and, and uh, really, really do it in a way that is inclusive, as, as inclusive as it can be at this moment. And uh, we're exploring other how to improve what we currently have. So the city clerk is constantly looking at other cities, how they're managing their city council meetings and see if we can um, improve based on what they're using. And uh, so they're doing incredible work, even with what we have, they're constantly looking on how to improve. And, uh, and yeah, so just, you know, having extra connection with the constituents. And uh, we actually, my team right away created a, a dedicated um, page on our website on COVID with resources that are targeted to District 9. Uh, we also right away, I knew that because of the economic impacts, I know that a lot of our community members were going to hit hard because they're already struggling. They're living paycheck by paycheck. So I knew that we needed to move forward with presenting a moratorium on evictions. Uh, it was important just to create a little bit of relief. Um, it, not perfect, but at least uh, it, it was something that it wasn't necessary. So we're just moving as quickly as quickly as possible to ensure that we're taking care of our, our folks overall. Well, I think you all have been doing a wonderful job. And I know that we, we often don't move as fast as some folks would like us. But I, I know that yeah. from the, uh, the translation services to the technology, 
that you all and your team really do your best to bring government to the people to make sure that yeah. it's serving the people. And I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about your leadership on the city council. And you. fun fun fact, when I when they showed that picture of our staff, I was reminded that Gloria Cruz, who is on your staff, uh, was a San Diego Pride's uh, entertainment director for many yes. years and also used to run the regional dreamers program out of the San Diego Pride office. So there's also some uh, good connection there too between your-, your most, Yes, most definitely. She does great work for our community. Yes, she does. Gloria is great. Um, yes. Speaking of our community, the next question is, um, how do you, um, how have you seen COVID-19 impact the greater San Diego community, but more specifically the San Diego LGBT community? Yeah. Um, well, I, I, like I, like I said, right, we, we, we have a community that, um, because of the nature of the relationship of coming out and being embraced, there's always a level of isolation at times, right? Because not 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 all our community members embrace us from the beginning, so there's a rejection. So our community, unfortunately, has to create a a different space of, of belonging. So the COVID really um, has created even the more challenge of of those spaces getting impacted, right? I mean, a lot of people come to your to to Pride's office, right? The, a lot of people were looking forward to the festivities of Pride because that's a moment of unity of creating those spaces and because of of, of having to uh, reshift uh, in a different way, it, it creates a challenge. So, and also, I mean, Hillcrest is known as the, as the epic center for our LGBTQ uh, plus uh, community spaces to go to, right? and that no longer is available, accessible to us. So mm -hmm. I just think that it creates even a, a greater level of isolation. So that's why, you know, doing this uh, is really important and making sure that we're actually talking about our community members' issues and, and acknowledging that, you know, we're, we're here for one another. That's really, really critical because isolation can really be very deadly and we've seen it. Uh, within our community, especially within our LGBTQ plus uh, co youth community, right? It leads to either harming ourselves and, and not being not being good. And it's not because we don't want to, but just it, there's there's isolation can lead to to something not a good thing. So I'm very much mindful of that, and we really need to to figure out how we can reach out to one another and and create discussions like these, just because it's it's important to lift that. And it's important to check up on one another as well. So I've been doing more of that too. I've been actually calling people and making sure that we're taking care of each other, even if it's through the phone or through through a Zoom uh, connection. That's that's at least the minimal that we can do at this moment, just because it's really important. Um, and I know that this can lead to men mental health. Uh, right now, there's a couple of things that are really on top of mind is just the mental health aspect. And uh, when we start coming back, what does that look like? What does that extra support look like? Because we've, we were already dealing with challenges. This is going to create even a, a bigger one. We need Absolutely. to be very much mindful of that. And then, and then uh, just violence overall. We're seeing the impacts of the isolation to our unsheltered population and we have a lot of 
uh, our members from the LGBTQ community in living in the streets because of rejection, once again, uh, what does that support look like? So it's just uh, seeing how a lot of our just, you know, the, the inequalities, the rejection that, it, that the stigma because of, because of who we are, what is that, how does that translate to people's personal life? And COVID really has created a sense of even the bigger isolation. So we need to ensure that we're creating spaces like these uh, to ensure that we're connecting. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head about the synergy of how we as LGBTQ folks experience social isolation or disconnect mm -hmm. those social networks in a different way. And the innovation I think we're seeing in our community and the things that you are doing and uh, the center and mm -hmm. and North County Center, oh, yes. different LGBT organizations are adapting to meet that mm -hmm. um, and to help keep folks connected. I think that's so important. Yeah. And yeah. you mentioned our youth, and I think it's important for folks to know, one of the things that we've done is we've also collected um, all of the different LGBT youth serving organizations in the mm -hmm. region. Um, all of the, their programs have gone virtual. So we've also put all of those programs on our website. So you can go to sdpride.org slash youth. Um, so if you great. have LGBTQ youth that are in need of those resources virtual, it's not just our programs that are there. Mm -hmm. It's all the regional programs for LGBTQ youth. Yeah, that's great. We'll make sure to spread it out, uh, spread it as well, just because they're important. Uh, so thank you for doing that. So the next one is a, a little lighter of a question. What's the <laughs> first thing that you're gonna do when we're free to move about again? <laughs> wow, I haven't thought about that. Uh, that's a that's a really great question. Um, well, I, I think the honestly, the first thing that I'm gonna do is go visit my mom. Um, I, I think that's I, I've not seen her because of the nature of my work. It keeps me really busy, and uh, and you know, I was doing campaigning before as well. So I just I was like extra busy, and then this. As soon as uh, as soon as that ended, I thought I was going to have a little bit of time, and but then this this came about. So I really haven't seen my mom in a bit. I spoken to her over the phone. We like I said earlier, we started utilizing Zoom. She's never done that in her entire life, so I saw her, and that was great. But seeing her in person, touching her skin, is is something that I miss. So I'm going to go visit her. That's, yeah. that's wonderful. I think I, I miss my dad so much. And, you know, we, we talk all the time and, and he's great on FaceTime, but I, yeah. I'm so looking forward to hugging my dad again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reminder. It's a reminder to embrace those that, that are important to us. So I want to see my sister, the kids, my mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, this, this next question actually touches on something that you mentioned earlier. And um, as a survivor of sexual assault, um, mm -hmm. th this touches close to my heart as well. And I, I'm sure you've seen that there has been an increase in domestic violence and sexual assault incidents. Um, and so where can folks go if they're looking for resources and services support there? Yeah, no, this is definitely something that is in, in top of mind. You know, I, I I too am a, a survivor, and, uh, and and also knowing how um, how the pressures of uh, of of uh, having less resources how that bleeds into the the the, the dynamic at home. 
uh, I knew right away that we were going to start seeing probably even more incidents. So I've always uh, tried to figure, okay, how do we make sure that that we provide resources to our community members to to be able to have access to. So um, the pro- the city attorney actually has a program. She she's been doing incredible work even before this time. She really uh, re redid revamped the San Diego Family Justice Center, um, and they've been doing a lot of a lot of a lot of work on making sure that that we're addressing domestic violence and uh, creating a space for them. So really want to encourage people to reach out to the San Diego Family Justice Center. And the number is uh, 866-933-HOPE or 866-933-4673. Or they can also call 619-533-6000. So that's uh, 619-533-6000. And that's the... uh, to reach out to uh, San Diego Family Justice Center. And I also know that, I mean, uh, there's other nonprofits that do work for, um, to provide assistance. I mean, I I was actually a crisis counselor for domestic violence and sexual assault, assault survivors um, before I joined Environmental Health Coalition. So I know that there's uh, various organizations out there that also provide, like the center, I'm sure that they have resources redirecting people. So really want to encourage people to call um, and uh, that they, I want to make sure that people know that they're not, they're not alone, that there's resources out there. And uh, this is even more important that they, they feel safe and supported. So uh, please reach out to the San Diego Family Justice Center. They're available. We've been putting resources uh, to the, to the center and uh, to ensure that we're, we're, we're creating more support for, for folks going through these difficult times. Thank you so much um, for uh, being willing to chat about that. And yeah, um, I'm sure you might be familiar that San Diego Pride uh, also was the founder of the um, LGBTQ Survivors Task Force yes. and mm-hmm. the LGBTQ Conference. And so the, the conference, yeah. obviously all of our events can't take place in, in um, physical space. So the conference is still going forward uh, later this year in virtual space. Um, and I know that we work with the center, North County mm-hmm. Lifeline, we work with the city attorney in the DA's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work with uh, SDPD and we also work with the Center for Community Solutions. And so there's more information there. I think they, oh great, they just put on the web, uh, on the screen, Me Too LGBTQ. Um, nice. That was a huge gap. We do know yeah. that there's a disparity of um, impact to our community, specifically mm-hmm. sexual assault and domestic violence. And so wonderful that so many regional organizations are leaning into to support. That's great. Thank you. No, I know I'm, I'm familiar with the work that y'all have been putting together. And thank you for that. And if, let me know how I can how I can be of support as well. It's important. It, it really is. Thank you for uh, helping to address that challenging topic. Of course. Um, here's another one. You have been such a strong advocate on LGBTQ issues, not just here in San Diego, but also um, across the border. I think you, you and I, um, many of us here living here, know what a synergistic ecosystem. You know, the, mm-hmm. the economy, our social culture, we really are one region. And so, um, how how is the community being impacted um, on our sister city in, in Tijuana? And what can folks do to support our binational community? Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, as a 
as a, uh, I'm a, I'm a product of, of immigrant parents, right? So for me, the, the relationship is always, it's a personal one. So I'm constantly connecting with the, with the other side of, of our community. So I, I also want to start by thinking, um, San Diego Pride for your outreach and support to the Tijuana uh, community. I think it's really important that we, we work together and we support each other because it's, it's, it really is, we're connected, right? So that's really important. Um, I, I know that the that uh, the conference, the Orgullo Sin Fronteras conference, I believe uh, the first one we were very much uh, active and it continues to move forward. So that's something that we need to continue supporting as it moves forward. I mean, I, I, it's a it's a great conference and it was a great great pride of mine to to really make sure that my office was present uh, from the beginning and continue to create those those connections and how to lift one another and support one another, right? Because we might have resources that they might not have access to. So that's, that's really important. And I, once again, I want to thank Pride for also being part of that since the beginning, uh, a great a great partner. Also, La Casa Arcoiris mm-hmm. through the Latinx Coalition. I think that's a, a resource that is really important that continues to grow. And we're starting to see even the, the more the, the more important it is, just because there's a lot of people that are needing support and there's very little resources. So we need to continue supporting Gas Arco, Arco Iris. Um, and uh, the, the Tijuana LGBTQ community and the shelter for the LGBT community uh, migrants, um, they, it's been heavily affected right now because mm-hmm. there's very little resources that are being uh, shared with, with, the, with the center. So we need to make sure that we're supporting them right now. One of the biggest needs are medical and financial relief because they're they're doing incredible work and they're doing it with very little support. Uh, so it's really important that we continue working on making sure that the resources uh, to be able to support the community. And like I said, this is a, an LGBTQ shelter that is managed by the Tijuana LGBT community. And, uh, and you can only imagine that the resources or the lack of, so, you know, they're counting on others to really support them. So we want to make sure that they get uh, recognition and also hopefully we can figure out how to support them even more. Um, so we just continue. I mean, one of the things that I did, and it wasn't so much just directed at the LGBT community, but when, when COVID was, um, was getting even, you know, hitting, hitting, hitting us even more. Um, I, I wrote a couple of letters to to the governor, especially when the first uh, relief package got adopted from the federal government. One of the things that happened there was they actually intentionally left out our under undocumented community members, and we do have members from our LGBTQ community. So what, what does that mean? That meant that any relief that was uh, coming to people, if you're undocumented, you're not gonna get any support by the government. Mm-hmm. That was intentional. So I've gotta recognize that we have people that are undocumented that are part of our community and they deserve support, just like any of us. So um, I managed to write a letter to, to the governor that other mayors signed on to. I believe we had five other mayors from our region uh, to really create a relief uh, for our undocumented community 
Following that was actually another letter that I sent to the governor and actually providing relief to, to Mexico, to, to Baja California. Um, they, need, they need support, significant support from mainly medical support because that really, I mean, they're ready to, to really step up and, and provide the, the necessary healthcare for anybody. But the problem is that they, they don't have the supplies um, and uh, I know that I was getting called by some of the providers over there basically begging for assistance. So we want to make sure that they're, they're taken care of because they're, they're, they're going to be in the front lines. And if they don't have masks or they don't have the necessary equipment, then our communities, our community members are not going to be taken care of the way that they should. And uh, so we're still working on making sure that resources are being sent over there. I, I know that the governor is talking to 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 leaders in, in, in Baja California and trying to figure out how to make that happen. Uh, but in the meanwhile, we've been, you know, sharing some supplies that are donated to me that I have access to. Uh, been calling some some people over there and trying to get them to to get these supplies. So continue to do that. They need supplies, uh, specifically right now, uh, uh, medical supplies and, and food as well. Um, and then uh, just continue to do as much as that. I think it's important. Well, thank you for, for highlighting all of that work and, and for always being a, a leader there to support. I mean, we are so connected from you know our, the economy, our, our cultures, our families, the economy, and, and obviously our public health are, are connected. And so all of that work is so important. Thank you again for <laughs> that leadership role there. Of course, of course. Let's see. Oh, so this this next one um, was a personal note from someone. Thank you so much for being one of the first people to donate when we put out the call. Um, so San Diego Pride put out a call for masks to help to distribute to folks oh. and prioritizing LGBT seniors. And you were so kind to um, help uh, collect those masks uh, for those seniors. So first, we just wanted to say thank you for helping to make that happen. You know, the LGBT Center Senior Housing Complex uh, is such a vital resource for our community um, and the, that you were so willing to always answer the call and support was wonderful. So the question, they actually did have a question here. What are the other ways that you've seen the LGBT community really rally together to support each other? Yeah, no. So I think, uh, no, it was my, my pleasure. And actually, I, let me just give you a, a, the full story of those masks. So I do have a, uh, a nonprofit here in, in District 9, the Little Saigon District, who basically took it upon themselves to put their own personal money to start making masks uh, for, 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 for free. And uh, I called them up to say, hey, you know, there's a call for masks for our senior community members are can can you can you help me out here? And uh, they're like, yeah, sure, come on, come on by. Uh, so they donated them, and uh, right away I turned them I turned them around and uh, delivered them. So it's a it, it's it's a beautiful thing that we're seeing right now, just in terms of just seeing how people are are being creative and utilizing the tools that they have. If, if there's there's a they, I, I guess they're, they're able to do these very quickly and other people have been donating fabric so they can provide them. So there's, it's just been, it's beautiful to see that occurring, right? 
yeah. uh, that there's there's everybody everybody's coming together. So definitely um, important. Uh, so it was my my pleasure, and I believe there was also some of the fruit that that came from my home got uh, was delivered over there too. Uh, so making sure that our seniors are are eating fresh fruit as well as important. And uh, also during that 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 when I was dropping off the the mask, I believe it, John, who I was speaking with, uh, making sure that they're they're getting the the food uh, to 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 ensure that they're they're being fed and have access to that. They're 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 good with with that, um, and I don't think they need any support. Um, so so just continue. I mean, you mentioned uh, Mama's Kitchen. Uh, that's another organization that we've been working with. Maybe, I mean, they've been stepping up a lot. I mean, a lot of the the groups that we 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 touch the the center, uh, Pride, uh, Mama's Kitchen. They do a lot of great work. And in normal circumstances, uh, now they they have stepped up to do even more. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've been working with Mama's Kitchen, making sure that they have the necessary tools to be able to do the work that they're doing. So I know that we've been working with them and making sure that they get some refrigeration, I guess, uh, upgrades um, to be able, because they need more more space, uh, yeah. making sure that they they have that. And then uh, just uh, want to continue uh, working on making sure that people are being taken care of. Uh, I know that we all, we, uh, what is it called? We all we got SD, which is a grassroots support system for volunteers. Uh, they offer relief to those that are impacted. So really want to make sure that people have access to that. Uh, they have a website, which is uh, we all we got SD.com. And that's a, a, a group that is uh, that provides uh, volunteers to be able to offer the the resources to people that are impacted. So it's an opportunity for folks to get involved. The LGBT Center continues to provide support for the community. And they also have set up an emergency referral and helpline during COVID-19. And the number is 619-692-2077, extension 211. So that's another resource that people can rally around and uh, really you know, get some support if need be. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just want to make sure that people are connected. If if they want to support, they can get connected to volunteer, or if they need to support themselves, uh, they can call the the center and uh, and others as well to to get that. Thank you. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's wonderful to see Kara Desert over there, yeah. um, really rising to the occasion. Mm -hmm. Alberto. As uh, over at Mama's Kitchen, I know was speaking with Alberto, and they were saying that basically every time they are serving meals, they're hitting a new level yeah. of the most meals they've ever served because they're right. adding on uh, COVID patients and patients in quarantine. So mm -hmm. uh, shout out to our LGBTQ organizations uh, to yes. step into their game. Yes, most definitely, they're working hard. Yes, that's for sure. No question whatsoever. Uh, so the next one's a fun one. So uh, and selfishly, I have to say some of my favorite restaurants are in your district. But uh, <laughs> where, this one is cute. Where Where do you want to eat when um, we can all go out to restaurants again? What What food are you really missing? What food am I really missing? You know, one of my perks that sometimes we do at least once 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 a week. Uh, uh, 
we would go to um, Polite Provisions. Uh, that's a, a place that I used to, I, I like. Uh, so definitely would love to go over there. I also like the Blind Lady uh, quite a bit. We were, we were going over there. Um, and some of the some of the places here in in the district that um, that I definitely miss like Saigon's um, and, and others uh, Nate's Garden and Grill um, that's that's one that I would go during the weekends they have uh, uh, some live music where you can go and have brunch uh, so definitely looking forward to visiting them and it's a great place just because it's right next to the nursery if you ever go to City Heights Farmers. It's yeah. a it's a great uh, jewel of, of the district. It's, it feels like it's hidden. It feels like you're in the in like in the whole different world, not not urban. Uh, so it's it's good. I would go and eat, and then go over there and visit the the plants and the animals. And and uh, the owner is he's he's great, and the family's great. So I would love to go visit them soon. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully soon. Yes, most definitely. Uh, so with um, with everyone so focused on COVID-19, um, obviously that's taken so much focus, but what is one major issue that you really want to ensure that the city of San Diego stays focused on? You know, what, what issue really matters to you right now that you wish was getting more attention? Yeah, so I think there's, there's, there's a couple of things that are on, on top of mind that I don't know how to go about it, but one is, um, seeing that we we shifted very very quickly to to live our lives through through technology um and i think i stated it earlier that we're seeing the spotlight on the disparities that we have uh i mean there's never this is not a secret but i think it shows that even more in terms of the technology technology divide that we have mm -hmm. uh, so there's opportunity perhaps of the city stepping up and, and, and targeting some specific programs to make technology available because we're seeing that it's not available to everybody. So I think that's a, something that I want to push a little bit and figure out how to do it. And then the other one is just overall, we're seeing, sorry, uh, cutting the grass in the backyard. <laughs> <All good. laughs> um, we're, we're, it, it's real, right? This is real yeah, life. It's real. <laughs> Uh, we we are seeing how our frontline um, workers that are workers that are not making a lot of money, but they're still keeping our groceries stocked up. Uh, the farmers are still picking up the, the vegetables and the fruits that we consume. Uh, nurses and uh, even our city employees are still picking up your recycling, uh, your trash. Uh, they're still operating, right? So there's certain sectors that are still moving the city forward. Mm -hmm. um, I think there, there's there's something to be said about them, and they don't have the luxury of like, you know, mm -hmm. if 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 they if they don't come to work, they might get uh, impacted. So just trying to figure out how do we do uh, a package to protect workers that are in the front line? What is that extra perk? Because definitely right now we're seeing the importance of them stepping up. And uh, I am I'm mindful of they're they're putting their lives on, on the line, and uh, and at times we don't recognize that. So here's an opportunity for us to say thank you 
but more than just saying thank you, let's show you that we appreciate you. So it's something that I'm thinking about. I don't know what that looks like, but I think there's an opportunity for us to do something beyond the thank you because um, I think they deserve it. And uh, that's, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know what that looks like yet, but really I, I, I think about that constantly. Well, I appreciate you highlighting that issue. And, you know, you think you're so right that in, in these times of crisis, sort of the disparities that marginalized impacted communities feel really mm -hmm. gets highlighted and centered in a different way. And so right. calling that out and, and helps us work towards that progress to be able to address the issue. So if there's ever anything that we can do to support those workers and any path forward that you see for that, you know, obviously please let us know. You got it, well too. So let's see, um, I'm actually able to connect with our folks who are sending us questions if we have any more at the, this moment, um, but I haven't seen anything else come through. And just seeing none, I'm gonna say what, um, what any last words or messages that you have for us today before? Uh, yeah, no, I just, once again, let me, let me go back by saying thank you for, for you know, holding the space. For our community members, I think it's important um, and, and, and more important than ever. So thank you, thank you to Pride, thank you Fernando for that leadership, um, and and just um, I'm going to continue reminding people, you know, in order for us to try to come back to that normality that we all want to come back to, we're, we're continuing to ask people to, you know, you know, uh, continue to obey by the distancing rules. The, covering mm -hmm. the face, the washing the hands. I think that's really, really critical. Uh, we're still trying to figure out uh, uh, getting enough access to testing. Unfortunately, it's going slower than what we all wish, uh, but we're, we're trying to do our best and, and bringing the, the resources um, to our region as much as possible. But we all need to make sure that as, you know, in order for us to come back to that norm that we want to see we just got to be a little bit more patient that it's worth it just because if we want to take shortcuts it's going to get us back to square one and we don't want that so i'm very very thankful i think you stated it earlier fernando that you know there's it's been it's been very humbling to see leadership stepped up from from the state all the way to our region it's been amazing to see true leadership and really putting aside the 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 politicking of it it has just been yeah. you know from governor newsom to our state senator tony atkins to to Todd gloria to uh the county here um and just uh, the cities it's, it's just been refreshing to see that we can we can do this and we will do this but we've been able to really work together and put our differences to the side to really get us through this so that's that's been really amazing and, and, you know, I know that we I constantly talk about the disparities getting highlighted even more right now, but I also want to acknowledge the organizations that were doing amazing work. Now they're doing like magical work even now, just because the pressure and the demand from our community is even more than what we had before COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I really wanna acknowledge all the community members that are doing, the nonprofits that are doing amazing work and just the regular person that is also doing amazing work constantly. We've seen so many 
volunteers step up and volunteer at food distributions or you know adopting a neighbor mm-hmm. um and, and things like that that's that's been great there's been a lot of creativity but i am seeing a lot of the best in people and that's 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 hopeful for me and it's it and it feeds my my own personal soul to see people uh interact in such way it's important so keep on yeah. doing what we're doing Yes, keep on doing what you're doing, Georgette. You're doing great. You. It gives me hope too. Thank you, Council President Georgette Gomez, for joining us today. Thank you all of uh, to all of you for joining us today. Um, I really appreciate your time, mm-hmm. uh, and I look forward to folks joining us tomorrow at 6 p.m. when Devout will be, uh, which is our interfaith coalition, will be presenting how to reconcile faith and queer identities. That'll be presented by Brandon Robertson. Uh, that's tomorrow at 6 p.m. On Friday, we'll be joined by uh, our council, another council member, Dr. Jen Campbell, who uh, will be joining us for another LGBT Q&A. You can submit your questions to Jen Campbell for Friday's interview. That'll be at noon. Um, it was uh, just about two months ago when San Diego Pride's programs all moved into virtual space. Um, and so if anything, we've increased the amount of programming and virtual content um, to connect folks to information and community. You can find more information about that at our website, sdpride.org slash programs um, or sdpride.org slash events. Um, both will be listed, all of those things there. And if you appreciate what we're able to do to bring folks together, please consider becoming a monthly supporter of San Diego Pride at sdpride.org slash donate. Thank you so much. Stay home, stay safe, uh, stay healthy out there. I look forward to seeing you again and together we rise. Have a great one.